Well, welcome everybody. Welcome to the show. We got something really, really, really awesome for you today. Uh, we're with PD here and we're going to be talking about this past week's sermon. But before we start that, we have been brought to you by a couple of things. One specifically being this, this Sunday. Sunday. This coming Sunday, it's going to be absolutely amazing. And I don't care when you're watching this video. <laughs> it's always true. It's always true. So this <laughs> Sunday, it's going to be absolutely incredible. Hope you guys can be there. It's going to be wild. So we'll see you there. Um, in my phone already. I'm pulling up the Bible. Here. No, no, you're good. You're good. You're good. So, PD, talk to us. And for people that don't know, PD stands for Pastor David, uh, which is a nickname we got at gave him at a gym a while ago. Yeah, yeah, so, where he popped up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, tell us about this. Um, the Best Samaritan. Yeah. So, the Best Samaritan, Luke chapter ten. Uh, Jesus shares a parable, oftentimes called the Good Samaritan. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it's Luke chapter 10, verses 30 through uh, 37, and then it jumps into Mary and Martha. Mary and Martha. But uh, the Good Samaritan is a story that Jesus is sharing with a lawyer. We talked about this last week yeah, yeah. as mm-hmm. well. And um, it's, it's, a, it's about a lawyer who came and tested Jesus to see if he was the real deal. Mm-hmm. And he, Jesus proves to be more the real deal than the man could ever imagine. Yeah. And so I call Jesus the best Samaritan. He's not actually a Samaritan. Yeah. So I was using the kind of the colloquial term Samaritan. Yeah, yeah, As no. we understand it, Samaritan yeah. being a good person. Yeah. I, I, Jesus is the best good person. Yes, I, I get you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even yeah. though to them a Samaritan was not a good person. Yes. It was somebody who was not respected and it crossed lines and... Exactly. That's why it was a big deal. And so earth shattering is a thing. Yeah, it, it really is. I mean, even being in youth breakout this past week and talking about the same content, like when I was doing my research, I kind yeah. of delved into that. OK, what was the deal with this Samaritan? And it was just like, oh, so much. going on. So so Jesus saying that a Samaritan coming to do this yes. was just yeah. very much so earth shattering. I mean, yeah, yeah. It, was, it was racial. It was political. Yeah. It was it was social. It was economic. I mean, he was crossing so many lines yeah. at the same time as Jesus tends to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but Jesus is the best Samaritan. And I didn't say this in the sermon. And maybe this will be more and more uh, a theme of these podcasts uh, is that we'll talk about the things that are also important, but we didn't have time for. Yeah, Because I course. would be preaching for an hour and a half. Yeah. But Jesus was the best Samaritan in, in, in two ways. One, in sharing this parable and sharing this story. Parable is a story uh, for the purpose of teaching a spiritual truth. Uh, as he's teaching this parable, he's exhibiting the character of the good Samaritan to the lawyer who's asking the questions. Yes, yes. So I talked about that. Mm-hmm. What I didn't talk about is how much the parable of the good Samaritan reflects and demonstrates the ministry of Jesus. Yeah. That Jesus actually, he finds us wounded and nearly dying dead on the side of the road. Oh, wow. And where everybody wow. else passes by either because of uh, concerns of cleanliness or concerns of religious propriety or, you know, fill in the blank, whatever reason somebody wouldn't turn aside for me. Yeah. Jesus turned aside for me. Yeah. For whatever reason, somebody might not turn aside for you. Yeah. Jesus turns aside for you. Yes. And exactly. so the reality is that a Jesus is the best Samaritan because he is the one That's who turns aside for us. Even when, I mean, we can all think of people in our lives that have have turned aside, turned aside and just yeah. kept walking and yes. seen it and been like, I'm not, I'm just not going to do yes. anything about it. Yeah. So yeah. Or like in, in, in the reasons we don't, like there are so many reasons that we don't turn aside. Maybe we don't have time. Like we talked about last week. Yeah. Maybe we don't have the money or the resources, or maybe we just don't know what we don't know. Yeah. And that makes it impossible for us to turn aside yeah. and be like Jesus in that way. Yeah. And so, um, in the parable, 
the man takes him to an inn, finds care for him. He places him in a home. Yeah. And then pays for it. Pays for it, and, and then says, says, "Anything else? I got you covered. I got oh you covered." Oh my gosh! And yeah. So you think about Jesus rescuing us as He places us in a home called the church, and, yeah. he, and he gives us a people to care for us, yeah. and so that we care for one another, like exactly. the innkeeper. Yeah. And He's like, wow. "Whatever's left, charge wow. it to my bill." Yeah. Like whatever lacks in the people's ability to care for one another, He covers mm-hmm. through His grace and through His death, burial, and resurrection. Yeah. And so Jesus is absolutely the best Samaritan. Wow. And that, so that's amazing. Like just that, I mean, right, even, I'm like, ah, I'm yeah, so excited. Right. But, I mean, even just talking about it now, it's like, and I don't believe you touched on this in the sermon, but just the perspective of the person that was receiving that care. Yes. Being a Jewish person, being someone who would have not yeah. maybe themselves wanted to be associated with a Samaritan, yes. like how much it would have just yeah. flipped their world yeah. on its head. And it, for it, that to happen. Yeah, and it would have required a, and a massive amount of humility to receive care. I mean, if you've ever received care from somebody you didn't want to receive care from, yeah. it hurts. Yeah, no, right? it does. Like, yeah. it, it might even... Yes. <laughs> it, might even, it might even tick you off, right? Yes. Like, like, somebody offers you help, and it's like, I don't want your freaking help. Yeah. Like, I want to do this by myself. And, yeah. And that is so often our disposition towards even Jesus. Wow. Not just people. Like, it's like, I don't want your help. I'm going to do this on my own. I'm going to clean myself up, and then I'm going to come to church. Yeah. I'm going to clean myself up, and then I'm going to pursue a relationship with God. I'm going to clean myself up and then, right? But but Jesus is like, no, I'll meet you when you're a mess and wow. I'll be the one that cleans you up. Yeah. Wow. And then pays for it and keeps paying for it and, and keeps, it keeps paying, going for it. Keeps paying wow. for it. Wow. That's really good, man. It's That's, challenging, isn't it? it? I mean, it's super hard because, I mean... Like so many layers coming out of this now. Exactly. So there's like Jesus revealing himself to be this and then mm-hmm. there's our response to him. Yeah. And that was the primary focus of last week's message yes. was again I went back to the gap and how are we going to respond to the gap mm-hmm. uh, as we like I put ourselves back in the lawyer's shoes mm-hmm. to say hey as, as we hear this story uh, as we hear God's invitation to love God and love our neighbor and we fill the gap yeah can we see Jesus as the best Samaritan, the one who's come to rescue us and save us, the one who sees the gap and wants to fill the gap for us yeah. with his grace and his mercy? Wow. That's really good, man. I, and I mean, it's funny because you actually mentioned something that just being on this type of topic where like it's becoming so multifaceted now as we're as we're diving into it. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned something that I absolutely love during the, the sermon. And that was the fact that, you know, these these headings and chapters and things like that. They was were put in later. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, this aspect of the Good Samaritan, you know, we frame our minds to the fact, oh, I'm learning about a Good Samaritan. Yeah. Not, oh, man, this might be for me to hear from God to learn how to receive care. Yeah. Or, man, this might be for me to hear from God to see that, no, Jesus That's so good. is going to actually speak to people yeah. and answer the questions. Like, like you were talking about last week, when we asked the wrong question, he gives us the right answer. Right. So, like, could you elaborate on that a little bit? Just yeah, no, I love that, the, I love the, that the you brought yeah. that up. Just for clarity for the, the listener, if you didn't hear the sermon, I, I every once in a while, I, it happens quite often, actually, yeah. several times a year, <laughs> I, kind of, I kind of harp on the on the subheadings in our Bible, like the categories. So like that it's called Jesus visits Mary and Martha, that it's called in some of the parable of the good Samaritan. And, and you see the most important commandment and, and like in this version, and um, I'm looking at an NLT version right now, but it, it separates the most important commandment from the parable of the good Samaritan, but it's telling the same story. Yes. Right. And, and, and so you're like, no, no, these belong together. It's funny hearing those two next to each other. It's like the most important commandment. Yeah. 
Good Samaritan. Yeah, and like, it's like no, no, it, it's like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, and then Mary and Martha is very much the same yeah. theme, although that didn't happen in the same moment. Uh, Luke puts them together in his retelling of the ministry of Jesus. Yeah, for our, for our benefit. Yeah, because yeah. because his whole goal, Luke's whole goal in in writing his gospel was to create and and articulate a, an orderly account of the ministry of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And and this isn't separate from the Jesus of prayer of Thanksgiving from Jesus and the sending of the seventy two. Yeah. It's like the same thing over. Like Jesus, literally, he tells the seventy. He sends the seventy-two out, and he tells them not to be offended, to travel light, to like do all these things. Mm-hmm. And then right after this, he's talking about being a good neighbor, right? Like these aren't separate ideas. And and he's and in between it, you see mm-hmm. that the greatest commandment: love God, love your neighbor. And and it's like no, no, no. This is all one big thing that yeah. God wants us to understand, and He wants us to walk in. That's really good. But these subheadings can get in the way. And so wow. my encouragement to the congregation over and over, and you'll hear it if you if you hang with us. Is like you're not editing. You're not editing scripture or altering the word of God uh, to cross out the subheadings like Jesus prayer of Thanksgiving. You could cross that out and write something else. And so, um, so like the parable of the Good Samaritan, mm-hmm. right? You you could you know Jesus reveals a new dimension of his ministry would be just yeah. as helpful uh, heading there. Yeah, and or I mean like how will you respond to help? Right. Is that I mean my my favorite one that we've done this with and talked about is the, uh, the prodigal son, like the parable of the prodigal son. It's just like, because a lot of us like, like to consider ourselves prodigal sons. Like we know we're like, ah, man, I'm messing up. I shouldn't, I need to go back to this. But when you change the name of the story to the parable of the faithful father, yeah, it's totally changes the context that that's read it. It's just like, it comes from, I'm so jacked up to, Oh no, he's so good. And I can go back and and I can have a relationship with him. And there is room for me at home. So, you know, I I absolutely love that. I I crossed that. I crossed it out and wrote the, uh, Undignified Christianity. Oh, okay. Right? Like, okay. So that's what mine yeah, said yeah. for in one like I, I don't know like five Bibles ago. Yeah, yeah. Like it's undignified Christianity in all the ways. All right. So let's like, you can cross that out. It might be a helpful tool. But but like what you said is different aspects of the story might be unveiled more easily yes. if we don't just see this as the parable of the Good Samaritan. If we yes. if we instead maybe even just cross it out instead of relabeling it. Like if you if you just read the man wanted to justify his actions, so he asked Jesus, mm-hmm. and who is my neighbor? Jesus replied with a story. Yeah. Instead of the man wanted to justify his actions and he asked, who is my neighbor? The parable of the good Samaritan. Yes. Jesus replied. Yes. Story. So like it, it like frames the idea and it can kind of get us stuck in a space instead of being open to everything that the spirit of God wants to reveal. To yeah. Us. That's what, exactly what I was going to say. Like just even hearing you just read it without thinking of parable of the good Samaritan and going right into it. It's just like, oh, no, no, no. We're going into this blind. We're yeah. going into this really kind of anticipating and leaning in to see requires a little more work. It it does require a bit more work, but we're going to, how do I say, you know, we, we have this, 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 this thing lean in here. We like to, we like to lean in. And one of the things that I love about lean in is you can hear a secret. Yeah. So like in the, the more work and in the leaning in and in the, not just having it spoon fed to you, we're hearing the secret. It's so good that God has for us specifically. Yeah. In what that is, no, you, know, so good. you mentioned uh, uh, Steve or Jedediah, <laughs> um, but but the actual name might yeah. just come to mind yeah. of whoever that person is for us when we're when we're doing this. So yeah. no, it's so good. Yeah, that's so good, and that's really I encouraging. Yeah, and um, man, I, I just so uh, for anybody who's interested in reading the Bible without those, there's a there's a version of the Bible that was given to me as a gift. It was a it was a Bible set. 
and oh, I've seen this. Yes. Seen it? It's the, yes. re- the reader version. And so they eliminate uh, all... I'm getting this now. They, 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 eliminate, <laughs> I'm, I'm they eliminate all chapters and verses and subheadings. So it reads straight through and without the divisions. Yeah. And so it can be difficult to know where you are in the chapter or where you are in... You know, like whatever, yeah. like it does have the book, like because that because that was a division that existed. Yeah, of course. But but it can be easy to lose yourself and be like, man, that happened in Deuteronomy. But where, like towards the where beginning of Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy. yeah. So, so like you can see pretty quickly why they added verse uh, verses and chapters for our benefit. Like, yeah, you could see that, and that's so helpful. And why subheadings are so helpful. Mm-hmm. But uh, but at a certain point, it can get on our way of understanding what God's doing. That's good. That's really really good. Um, you know, another another thing that you mentioned during the, the message, which I listened to on the podcast, and if you don't have the podcast, check it out, or watch it on Apple YouTube. Apple and Spotify. Apple and Spotify, or watch it on YouTube, because there's, like, expressions and, yeah, like, true. non... I run around. Yeah, you, he yeah. does run around. It's yeah. kind of great. Yeah. Um, nonverbal communication. Yeah. That's, that's incredible. Um, <laughs> it's great. I love it. I love it. Um, you know, you talked about God slowing down. Yeah. You, you mentioned something when it was this aspect of as we are relating to God, as we are coming to him with these questions, even if we're asking the wrong, uh, say asking the wrong question yeah. and he's going to be giving us the right answer, like you said last week. Yeah. But there is this aspect that you mentioned and, and I've again studied this stuff and read it and it's like, okay, cool. We know God's nature towards us. We know it's loving. We know it's kind. We know it's patient. But you mentioned in this aspect with this lawyer God slowing down and taking the time to t- communicate with him. Yeah, so and this talk dude to him is, in a way to, that he understands. Yeah, so like, yeah do you want to yeah, talk so about that? So this dude is confronting him. He's yeah, testing. It, yeah, basically. And like, so the one whose voice created everything. Yeah. Right. He said, "Let there be light," and there was light. Yes. Is being tested by an expert of the law, right? I wrote and the game. I just, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's like, man, like, man, I like the humility of Jesus in that moment to even have a conversation with him. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. for a man who's no, testing him. And I, I, I can be so impatient when I'm tested. Yeah. You know, by my kids or by like, I can be so, right there with like, you. we can be so impatient and, and it's like, do you not know who I am? It's like, so like, I'm nobody, I'm nobody, but like, I, like, I was like, I'm your father. Like, yeah, like yeah. but Jesus is like, I created everything. The law came from my will and not only, not only did it come from my will, but you've got it wrong. Oh, right. Man. And so it's like, but Jesus slows down and takes his time with him. Yeah. Last week we talked about how uh, these seminary students, when they had to minister on the good Samaritan, if they felt like they were in a rush, they wouldn't stop and care for someone. Yeah. Even though the good Samaritan was in the forefront of their mind. Yes. And so, you know, you think about Jesus's ministry right now, he's been ministering in Galilee, but now his heart is turning towards Jerusalem. So his heart and his mind is filled with the reality that he's going to go die on the cross. Wow. Like he knows the chaos that he's, he's shifting his life towards this chaos. That's going to release humanity from the grip of sin and death. Yeah. But like talk about a full mind. Like, talk about a full heart. And he takes time with this man. He slows down. He answers the question in a way, in a way that's a benefit to the man. Yeah. And that was the other layer that came out on Sunday was that Jesus wasn't sticking it to him. 
Jesus was being compassionate and kind towards him Yeah, because Jesus saw the gap in this man's life mm-hmm. and he was like, if a Samaritan can do it, you can do it, buddy. Yeah. Right. And, so. and, and I mean, even with that, too, I think some of us oftentimes have this disposition towards God that he's this this angry sky father that if I mess up, he's going to sky father. Sky father. Our cosmic sky daddy. I wasn't going to say it, but there it is. <laughs> there, there it goes. Um, and we have this disposition towards him. And I mean, I, we've I've been in groups where, you know, somebody's asked, you know, if you could picture God's face looking at you right now, what would it be? Yeah. And mine was Jim from the office looking into the camera, like literally so doing funny. the Jim face and do, doing that guy. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, it's, best, Jim. It's, it's all good. Uh, it would be fun to watch that back. That, that would be really fun. <laughs> but, but there's just this aspect of understanding that even when we're coming to him incorrectly, yeah, that he's going to not just be gentle with us, but take our, take his time with us. Yeah. And it's not something that we have to be rushed through that we're, that, we're, that he's going to go, look, come on, get with a picture. Come on, yeah. do it, do yeah. it type of thing. Yeah. Uh, which, which really kind of leads me into the next question. Um, you talked about having the substance of a good Samaritan as when Jesus was yeah. talking to this lawyer about a Samar- the good Samaritan or the, well, him being the best Samaritan, <laughs> um, that he was actually showing the substance of a good Samaritan. Yes. And for us, you know, you, there were those, those seminary students that even though they have a Samaritan on their heart, you, they kind of walked past the person. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they had some, some place to be. What would you suggest to anybody, really? This, this isn't a specific type of person or group. Like, what would you think, say, the best practices would be to instill the substance of a good Samaritan in our own hearts? Yeah. So in, the, in what you're describing from the sermon was the idea that, that Jesus wasn't sharing a, a message that was separate from his ministry moment. Yes. Like in the same way he was calling, he, he described a Samaritan who's turned aside. Jesus was turning aside to mm-hmm. this lawyer in this moment. Yeah. And so how can we be the kind of people that turn aside, that have the substance to care and love? Mm-hmm. I think the, the number one thing that we can do and the first thing that we have, well, number one and first thing that we have to do is to receive like mm-hmm. we have to have before mm-hmm. we can give yeah if we're giving of ourselves it'll be selfish motivation it'll be impatient it'll be for a specific result yeah right and then we'll be angry or whatever if, if it doesn't get the result that we're looking for so we need to be people who first understand that we are those who have received the samaritan had something to in the, in the parable had something to give mm. he, like he had a he had a bank account yeah. He had resources. Yeah. He had insight and knowledge and wisdom and, and ability, like to even be able to dress his wound. Like he had ability. Mm-hmm. So he had he had clearly, if he had earned it or if he had just received it as an inheritance, we don't know. Yeah. But he had something to give. Yeah. And so the only way to have something to give is to first receive, receive something. Yeah. And so Jesus certainly comes with all of it yeah. already, mm-hmm. but but we don't. And so we need to be people who first receive so that we can have something to give. So whatever it is that you're hoping to give, you need to first ask Jesus to be able to receive for yourself. Right. Like if you want to be able to give mercy and give compassion, you need to receive mercy and compassion in abundance. Wow. Or you're going to run out real quick. Jeez. Or you're going to do it out of your yeah. own sense of self-righteousness. Yeah. Right? Like, mm-hmm. like I'm showing mercy and compassion. I'm but the you most might, merciful but ever. You, yeah, you might have mercy and, just, uh, mercy and compassion, but you might miss justice. Mm-hmm. And so what's great about Jesus and the fruit of the Spirit mm-hmm. is that as the Spirit of God works on our hearts, He gives us the things that are necessary 
in whatever moment we're turning aside. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, we need to be people who receive. Um, to receive, you need to. Like I was gonna say, you need to understand your lack. You don't always have to understand your lack to be able to receive. Wow. Sometimes you don't even understand understand your gap until you've received. That's actually a really interesting concept because a lot of people might feel like, oh, I don't lack anything. What can I actually receive? Yeah. But. But there's always, but always something. something like, yeah, I, like I feel like I'm filled with, you know, something, mercy, justice, righteousness. And then you receive a measure of it from Jesus. And you're like, I don't even know what those things are. Or like, I, like, oh, gosh, God, awesome. help, God help me yeah. to understand what these things really are and what it really means yeah. to walk with you. Yeah. So that's that's the first thing. The second thing, I think, would be to surround yourself with people who are that way. I, I well, think sometimes yeah. we want fruit different from the, we want a life different from, different from what's around life, us. What's around us. Yeah. Without the willingness to put ourselves outside of it. Mm. Right. So I'm not saying forsake like, but if you like forsake everybody who's not doing exactly what you're doing, but or want doing what you want to do. Mm-hmm. But I am saying surround your people yourself with people who minimally aspire to the same thing, but yeah. hopefully you're taking steps in that same direction. Yeah. Which for for any of us, uh, my hope would be that you can find that you can find that we could find yeah. uh, a local church to be a part of that represents kind of like. It represents the kingdom of heaven as a, as amba- like as an embassy of heaven mm-hmm. in in whatever city you find yourself in. Yeah, wow, that's amazing. That's 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 a really good answer. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you know something else you talked about was this, and, and this was near the, the near the end of your message. This disposition that we would have of either negotiating with God, okay. Or confessing yeah. the gap. And yeah. you know, you, you, you elaborated, you know, that gap can yeah. be referred to as as sin. Yeah. Um, now, in that aspect of, I want to speak to specifically uh, confessing that there is a gap. Yeah. Um, you know, I know from personal experience that there are some other things that come along with that when you do confess. <laughs> the, the first of which being is conviction. And yeah. you see how big that gap is. And you're like, oh, oh yeah. geez, that's a, that's a <laughs> really like, big gap. <laughs> I'm really way short of what God was asking for. Exactly. But, yeah. but then there's just this other beautiful one is repentance that comes along with that. Once I see it, yeah. it's just like, oh my gosh, I can repent in yeah. this. What and, a gift. and it really is. It's like there's, there's, yeah. if you've never repented of something before, there's like freedom. Repentance has such a bad reputation. It really does. But it's it is, freeing. It is, oh my God, it's the greatest thing. <laughs> it is the great, it is, it is amazing. It is like, it's so liberating and so freeing. To confess to God ways that you understand you've strayed from him, ways that you understand that you've sinned, ways that you understand there's a gap. Um, because, you know, as many, for as many steps away from God as you take, all it takes to return to him is like just a just a, a change in orientation. It's like just turning around and yeah. he's right there. Yeah. It's not like you've got to come all the way back. Yeah. I mean, the, the story of the faithful father, prodigal son, the yeah. story is that the father ran out to meet the yeah. son. Had a ring for him. He and, ran and, yeah. to meet him. Yeah. And so like it, it, just that, that repentance, that turning, acknowledging that and changing your mind and saying, hey, this is how I've been. But God, I, I confess that this is how I've been. But now I commit myself to this, to this new path to this new way, yeah. to this new relationship yeah. or uh, uh, newness of relationship with gotcha. God, right? Like, you know, first time it's a new relationship with God. Yeah. 
And then every time after that, it's newness of relationship with God. Yeah. Like I'm re-entering and mm-hmm. kind of re-upping in this thing. I, I love it. Yeah. Um, and, and just, so what, not to say that there's like, this is your step-by-step on how to, yeah. how well, I've got three easy points. Yeah. Oh, well, there you go. No, no, what's oh, the, I was gonna, oh, 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 excuse <laughs> me, sir. <laughs> no, 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 it was, it was just, it was just elaborating on that when people come against conviction, yeah. Because even in talking about the freedom oh, yeah. of repentance, I know I'll, I'll just throw myself under the bus. You know, when conviction sets in, it's just like, you idiot. What, like, what are you doing? How could yeah. you how could you let it get that bad? How could yeah. you get to that point? Yeah. So, yes. How would you yeah, that or, or another response is like shame. Right. Yes. So like you yes. respond that way. Your personality is such that you're like, oh, what did I do? But other people like other people or maybe you at other times, yeah. you can kind of wither away from it out of shame. You can be like, man, I cannot believe that I've done that or I'm ashamed that I've done this. What if God finds out? Right? Yeah. He already knows. That's, yes. that's the secret. He does know. Right? Like, yes. So that's what's, that's what's amazing about repentance. <laughs> it's kind of like, here's something you already know about me that I'm just coming to grips with. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, it's so, it's like, it's like a kid coming to dad and confessing that they ate the cake, but they got cake all over their face. You know, it's like, it's like, like dad knew. Yeah. You know, like he saw the cake. You see, there's icing all over your hands. Yeah. And then he shows you a video of you doing yeah, it. Like, by the way, you're on camera. By the way, I, I saw you the whole time. Yeah, I saw you. And I love you and I forgive you. And, yeah. and you know, you're for you were you're like, it was released ahead of time. Yeah. I just needed you to come to me. Wow. Um, but I think you were asking, are there any steps to overcoming? Yeah. yeah so like, so we don't get to that point yeah. or, or, or if that point comes of you know, honestly, shame I, or. Yeah. Honestly, I don't think there's any avoiding that place. Mm. I think earlier in my ministry, I would have tried to come up with a way to avoid that place mm-hmm. of feeling shame or conviction or something else. Yeah. Honestly, at this point, <laughs> at this point in my relationship with God, I think sometimes I, I those feelings are now just um, indicators for me. Yeah. Right. It's like it's like the dashboard of my soul goes off, and I'm like, oh, I'm feeling shame or embarrassment um, before God or before people. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm like. I, I feel angry at myself that I let it get this certain way. And then you want to separate off and take care of it yourself and fix the problem. Yeah. Right. Like, like I'm going to fix it by myself. Yeah. Those, I begin to understand that those feelings that do come are feelings that are indicators that it's time to go to, to the, take it to the shop, take it to the mechanic yeah. and to, to Jesus, to, to work on my soul. Mm-hmm. Like, so, so I don't think you can avoid those feelings. I think uh, there's a quote uh, attributed to Martin Luther. I don't know if it was really him or not. Mm-hmm. That you can't stop the bird from flying over your head, but you can keep it from nesting in your hair. Oh wow! I've never heard that one. Not, <laughs> yeah, so so I love. Uh, yeah, I mean, we're not we're like our society's not ripe with animal like <laughs> animal analogies. Animal analogies. <laughs> so, so, but the idea is like like when the shame. So it's not like. It's not like you can avoid all shame or all like a sense of condemnation as you grow and as we, as we do grow in sonship, yeah. as we grow in trust of God's love for us and his, ex, like his extraordinary grace towards us, like we'll feel less condemned in, but it, it's still like it, the goal isn't to not feel condemned. The goal yes, is to get back to Jesus yeah. as quickly as possible. You yeah, know. Did I answer it yet? You did. You, I you, you, it. Uh, oh, you can't avoid it. I, yeah, that's yeah, what you, I mean. You said you can't avoid it. It's like, you it's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to happen. When it happens. Understand that that's an indicator to. That's the indicator to, to run to Jesus. And if you're afraid to run to Jesus, run to a friend who's going to take you to Jesus. Yes. Yeah, yes. Right? And if you go to Jesus first, go to a friend mm-hmm. to remind you to go back to Jesus. Right? So, like, the, 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 I mean, that's going to be a theme throughout everything that we do is nope. that God has really called us to follow Jesus with the people of God. Yeah. And so the more 
that you're trying to do it by yourself, the less benefit you're going to receive uh, because you're going to miss out on some of the grace of God that he's dispensed to us through his people. Yeah. So it's that aspect of the key of we, not the key of me. Exactly. That wasn't me. That was a sermon title that he had. A yeah. few. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I stole it from Pastor Donnell Jones. Too. Really? Yeah. Okay. There you go. I love it. <laughs> Great. I'm just spreading the wealth. It's all family. It's family, right? You're coming on. Yeah, yeah. It was definitely something like that. I love it. I love it. Well, just have one last question for you, yeah. but this but this is a three-parter, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to talk about three different people. Yep. And I want you to... Just gonna do, get, are we going to do them one at a time? We're going to do them one at a okay. time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, three different people. Do you want me to tell you all three of them first? Yes, yeah, tell me all three. Okay, so, so three different people and what you would want this person, their biggest takeaway to be. Okay from the message on Sunday. So person number one is the person who doesn't actually realize there's a gap yet. Okay. Yeah. The person that doesn't actually realize there's a gap. Person number two is the person who has started walking with Jesus and knows that there's a gap, but doesn't know how to interact with the gap. Okay. And then person number three is the person that's been walking with Jesus for a long time and is frustrated that there's still a gap. That was funny. I thought you were going to say person number three doesn't realize they've got a gap. (laughs) There's there's like a bell curve. There's like a bell curve of understanding. Sometimes like with our, with like religion and religiosity is like, we start over here and we're like, and we start and we're like, man, I don't even know. And then we're like, Oh my God, there's a huge gap. Rescue me, Jesus. And then we're like, no, we're good. And it's like, that's like, we don't have a gap anymore. That's our understanding. He he runs the whole thing. I'm straight. I have no problems at all. What's, what's happening? (laughs) But the reality is the gap has been this the whole time. Yes. And it's like we started to approach it. And and really what happens is we mature when we talked about this last time Mm -hmm. is that that our understanding of God's holiness and our understanding of of our sinfulness from the gospel center life. Yes. Right? It's like we, that gap actually does increase. Yes. We see, so. we see it as big as it actually is or yeah. as we go closer, we see how big, but he more clearly. Yeah. 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 But we also understand that he's bridging. It, so yeah. 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 yeah exactly. <laughs> That's the good news is that he bridged, no matter how big it is, he's got more than enough to cover the distance. Gotcha. And so the person who understands the enormity of it mm-hmm. is going to receive an enormous amount of God's grace. And they're going to walk in an enormous amount of his love. Mm-hmm. Uh, the person who insists on having a small gap or insists that there is a small gap will have an inflated sense of who they are and a decreased sense of God's mercy and love and grace towards them. Like, like what he's actually that's done. so tragic. It really is. And then you're not going to have any... So it then, yeah. you, when you see a Samaritan or when you see an injured person on the side of the road, you, you're not going to be able to turn aside because you've got nothing to give. Yeah. Or you'll be like, get up. So I was able to get up. Yeah. He already did it. Get up. Yeah. You yeah. don't have any problems. I, yeah. 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 I was able to get up. Why aren't you getting up? Yeah. Or why are you still weak? Why is it taking so much time for you to get better? Mm. What like, right. Wow. That can go very dark, very fast. It does so fast. That's so, terrifying. Okay. So <laughs> that, that could be its own. Okay. So, uh, quite the person, number one, the person who doesn't realize that there's, that a is, gap. there's actually a gap oblivious to it, oblivious to the fact that there's a gap between them and God. Yes. Whew. Um, or, or I'll give you this or doesn't care if that is helpful or not helpful. Is that helpful? Or is that another question? Yeah, is that no, another that's, person? A, that's kind of a different, yeah, it's kind of a different person because to not understand there's a gap is different than to know there's a gap and not care. Um, but maybe the answer is the same that for the person who, you know, you're hearing about this Jesus stuff and you, and you, you, you might say, I, I don't have needs. 
I would say you're probably only thinking about your natural needs and you're missing out on the fact that there's actually more to you than your physical needs or even your mental emotional needs, but you have spiritual needs that can't be met by non-spiritual means. That's real. It's good. Does, that, does that make sense? No, that, so that, that like, makes, makes in, in Luke chapter 12, uh, like moving ahead a little bit, but Jesus deals with the parable, they call it the parable of the rich fool. And I'm sure we'll rename it by the time we get there. Yeah. But, <laughs> but the parable of the rich fool is a man who stored up everything in this life. And Jesus is like, yeah, but tonight you're going to die. And what good did that do you? Wow. Right. So, yeah. so for the person who feels like there's no, there's no gap, Man, I'm so happy that your your needs are met physically. I I would say I'm so happy that your emotional and mental needs are met so well that you don't feel any gap in that sense. But I would say uh, I would I would take another look at the spiritual reality and spiritual dynamic of your life because those needs can't be met by by physical, emotional, or mental comforts um, or health. That is something that can only be met by the Spirit of God. That's good. I like that. Um, Person number two, start walking with Jesus, is seeing the gap, realizing that there's a gap, and doesn't know how to interact with it. Doesn't know how to interact with it. I would say to this person, the shortest version is find someone. um, Find someone whose faith in Jesus and comfort with their weakness uh, impresses you. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And ask them for help getting to the throne. Gotcha. Right. So like there, the, the, I, I, I've realized recently that there was a, there was a theme of like, I mean, I'm like, so I'm no longer athletic, but when I was younger, I was. Yeah. And now I'm just trying to like work off my, <laughs> yeah, I'm just trying to work off my nachos. <laughs> um, so, so, still losing the baby weight. <laughs> our, young, our youngest is nine. <laughs> This just got too real, man. <laughs> this, this, this podcast got too real. <laughs> so, um, so there's something about the person who's got it all together and is like, hoorah, I've got no problems. Let's win for Jesus. And, mm-hmm. you know, like a dog on a hunt doesn't know it's got fleas kind of stuff. <laughs> so all these weird things. That, yeah. That's not, that wasn't Luther, a dog on a hunt. Yeah, that, no. that was not Luther. That was Joe Bob. That uh, was probably, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, um, so, uh, oh, what was I saying? Oh, so I, I love, I love that. But really, as I, as I get older, when I see people who are comfortable with their weakness in light of the grace of God, not people who have just embraced their weakness and used it as a, as an excuse for, um, being harsh or unloving or un- incompassionate, but people who understand their weakness and God has ministered to them in their weakness mm-hmm. and they've, and I've seen them be the good Samaritan, like that's who I'm interested in coming alongside. And so I would say if you're new to Jesus and you're, you're confounded by frustrated with angry about sad about embarrassed by your gap, I would find somebody who's been walking with Jesus for a long time and is really comfortable. Man, there's nothing like going to, to somebody who's been walking with Jesus for a long time and sharing a problem. Yeah. And then like, I've been laughed at because it was such a small thing, right? So like, I, it was like to them, it was such a small thing. To me, my world was on fire. Yeah. It's like, oh my God, I'm the worst husband. Megan's going to divorce me if I, like, like that, that was never actually a reality. Yeah. But, but it's like, some, it's, it's like, easy for our minds to go she there knew, If she knew that I was such a freaking mess, I'm never going to get this right. Yeah. How will I ever stay married to her? And, you know, I'll, I'll tell him, hey, Keith, uh, he, he, Grandpa Keith, <laughs> come on, Grandpa Keith. He just, he laughs. He laughed at me. 
And and he was like, he was like, David, you'll see, you'll know. Right, like the, the old guy who's not bothered. You know, you yeah. picture like in culture, it'd be the like the old guys at the Domino's table. Yeah, right. Or the Obi Wan like, Kenobi type. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like just finding somebody who's seen all the stuff, playing like, chess, stuff, and God has met them in it. Yeah, mm-hmm. just, you find them at a park playing chess. Find that person, and, and, you, and you know what I love about that person too is that person isn't going to condemn you if you come to them. Oh no, because I, I mean, I mean, even just hearing this, it's just like. But what if that person does it like they they're like, well, why would you even come to me or I don't have time for you? Like the yeah. person that type of person is going to say, hey, let's let's grab coffee. Let's go to Jesus. Hey, yeah. let's go to Jesus. Yeah. Let's talk about it. Like, let's mm-hmm. let's do this. They're not going to or, or laugh at you and be like, it's not a big deal. Yes. Just but, repent. But but, <laughs> but, but it's, yes. But that's not like even that's yeah, not yeah. even malicious. It's, no, like, no, it's so laughter. loving. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The it's laughter. So loving. The laughter was one of like, oh, that's it. Yes. Yes. OK, there we go. <laughs> right? There it is. You know, like, I'm calling him like my arm's falling off and he's looking at me and being like, you got a paper cut. Yeah. Right. Like it's not. Yeah. So that's the laughter is not one of like you fool. It's it's one of like, oh, that's all it is. Yes. OK. Like my God. I love it. My God can handle that. Yeah. yeah. That's really good. That's that's really, really way good. too much time on that. No, that's, that's a good answer. That was so, like, we got to take time if we need to. Yeah. Um, and then the last person, the person that's been walking with Jesus for a long time. Yes. And it's frustrated that, frustrated. that there's yeah. still a gap. Yeah, it's so funny. So I'm gonna I'm gonna quote a pastor that that is, you know, uh, it might be divisive to some people, but I loved his answer, John Piper. Yeah, uh, he's in I think the Baptist circle. Yeah, and um, and so uh, years ago, I heard him answer a question. Somebody said, "When do you doubt God?" And his answer was, "When I consider the time of that it's taking for my own sanctification." Wow. And I thought, man, if it's taking a long time for John Piper, I better buckle up. Right. Yeah, like, no. Not that he's like a superhuman or a super Christian. I mean, he's a yeah, person too. Exactly. And that was the essence of his answer was, mm-hmm. man, we're all people and God's grace endures. But as much as we think we should be doing better than we are, it does take, it does take a lifetime. Yeah. And so for the person who's weary of their own sin um, or weary of their own weakness, I would say uh, Jesus doesn't grow weary. Wow. He doesn't grow weary. Like, I mean, if you're rebelling against him deliberately and, and like, that's, that's one thing. Like, mm-hmm. b- but like, if you, if you, if you're living in, you find that your weakness keeps pursuing you and tripping you up and, 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 um, drawing you away from God, uh, it's in our weakness that he is strong. Mm. He's faithful when we remain faithless because he can't deny himself. And a host of other biblical promises about the grace and mercy and abounding love of God uh, to restore us to Himself. Um, stories like the faithful father, yeah. prodigal son, like we, like you begin to see and realize the best you know Samaritan. What? Yeah, yeah. There's the best Samaritan. Yeah. And so, um, so for the person who's been walking with Jesus, you're frustrated that you aren't Jesus yet. <laughs> taken um you let like in my 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 assumption would be that if somebody is is frustrated with that they are car- trying to carry the weight of their sin mm. instead of instead of giving it away to jesus so i think it's just an opportunity to continue to grow in maturity and release again to jesus uh your weakness and your sin just like you did the first time wow um and revisit that over and over and over and don't grow weary in that because that's what keeps 
the relationship alive. Yeah. That's really good, man. I love it. Well, well, that's all I got thank for you, you today, man. No, thank, that was fun. Thank you. This is fun. Awesome. I think we. I don't know. We don't have a time length for this yet, so we'll figure that out. Yeah. Um, thank you so much for taking the time. Uh, this is our goal to unpack this as we know, trust, and follow Jesus together, and and make make progress uh, in our understanding of God. You have God's purpose for us and for our city. Yeah. And so, thanks yeah. for being a part of this. Thanks, guys. Hope you enjoyed it, and we'll hopefully see you guys here again soon. Bye, y'all.